Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with two mature adults and Trey. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. Oh, Trey. Oh, wow. We started the podcast, Trey. <laughs> We're not restarting again, Trey. Like, this no, is unbelievable. No. Unbelievable. Wow. That's um, embarrassing. That's it embarrassing. is. Sorry about that, folks. But uh, yeah. anyway, Ryan, let's the two of us, because Trey clearly is, is in no mood. Uh, let's talk engaged. about... No, he's not. Let's talk about what happened last weekend. So what was your, sure. your first takeaway? Um, I'm going to talk about the uh, the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game. This was, uh, if you watch the game, it was just an extremely well-played even game all the way around. Um, there was no turnovers. Both offenses were playing well, yet so were the defenses kind of. It was kind of weird. Like you felt like every all phases were actually doing pretty darn well. Both QBs had great games. It's one of Spencer Sanders, really, maybe one of his best games that he's had. It's very efficient. Um, it could have gone either way, but um, Iowa State just happened to pull it out. Um, and, I, you know, I, if I had to pick a reason, I'd probably say their passing game was just a little more potent um you know and brock purdy was maybe had the edge on spencer sanders a bit but um you know iowa state now just you brought it up before just brocktober you know in october they are awesome they're 16 and 2 in the month of october since 2017 just a remarkable run that they've had there so but it was just a fun game to watch and you know you felt like hey these teams are deserving of where they're at they're there for a reason they're good yeah it's just a shame that game had to be kind of sullied by xavier hutchinson's just (laughs) really classless display on that touchdown <laughs> so i yeah exactly rather rather not talk about that but that was just yeah, classless shameful shameful yeah um, that was trace fart yeah that's true uh so my first takeaway is is that this this upcoming weekend the penn state ohio state game lost a little bit of its luster yeah. because uh penn state went down in the longest game you know technically in fbs history nine overtimes Illinois won 20 to 18 and in regulation they just ran it all over uh Penn State's defense which was odd and very odd and then starting in third overtime it was really embarrassing for both teams there were 10 straight missed two-point conversions so no one wanted to score (laughs) eventually Brandon Peters had to come in for an injured uh Art Sitkowski and and he got the win for them so uh rough loss for for James Franklin though as a USC fan I can forgive him. I still, he's still yeah, at the he top like, of my eh, board. You know, that, that's all right. Now, that was a crazy game. I mean, I was so surprised at how Illinois was just dominating the ground game. It was like, mm-hmm. I mean, just stack the box, Penn State a little more. Did you like watching? This is everyone, I feel, I guess it's kind of polarizing whether you enjoyed the two-point conversion format. What did you think watching the game? I actually did. I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, I thought it was fun. It's kind of fun, right? It's unique. I don't know. I just seems weird just giving it to him at the 25 so but it's weird giving it at the three i guess too but i don't know it's kind of cool it's just like one play there you go go for it man yeah, like what do you got 10 times where you were on yeah. the edge of your seat yeah it was, yeah, great. It was more pretty than cool uh all right moving on here my next one i got uh go on to oregon and ucla uh ucla started and ended the game on 14 nothing runs but in between they were outscored 34 to 3 so yeah, not good in the middle there. Uh, but the weird, there was kind of a weird thing in this game that Travis Dye, the Oregon's running back, he set an NCAA record for consecutive carries that resulted in touchdowns. So like four straight carries, he got a touchdown. That uh, is that is crazy. Nuts. Yeah, you it it is 
tough to do, right? But I don't yeah. know if I, I would have thought someone had done that before. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but four in a row is kind of, that's tough. Like, it is crazy, yeah. You only give it to you at the goal line, or I don't know, like it's, right. you know. So that that was, if you got five, that would be like, whoa, yeah. insane. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, overall, though, he's, he had a bad day. He rushed 14 times for just 35 well, he, yards. he had a lot of carries <laughs> in short, short yardage. Well, but the 11 carries resulted in, I don't know how many yards his touchdown runs were, but he had 35 yards on 14 carries. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a good day. Good fantasy day if, you know, if you had a college he fantasy He was on my going. fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Okay. Yep. Brian. Wow. <laughs> hey, Trey got, started it. We got Trey farting and Ryan. Now I got to bleep that out. Uh, sorry. You got to bleep uh, that so, out? I mean, I, I I tend to bleep it out. Yeah, I'll the bleep F it out. Word, yeah, for sure. Okay. Sorry. No, it's um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> anywho. Anthony Brown, though, had shown signs of life through the air. He threw for 296 yards. Did have a couple picks, but, you know, they're they're trying to get some things jump-started there. Um, but UCLA had a shot to win at the end. Um, just DTR got hurt at the end, so Ethan Garbers had to come in um, and replace him, and he threw a tough pick there to kind of seal the deal for for the Duck win. So, But, you know, it was an entertaining game. Yeah, uh, game day. Got a, got a good game there. So Oklahoma was you know, one of the wow. biggest stories of the day. They had to squeak by Kansas, which is just insane they were massive favorites i think were they like 39 38 i think 38 yeah 38 and a half big spread and uh it all came down to i think two big plays from caleb williams so one was ou up by four with eight minutes they go for it on fourth and three and there's like three or four guys that could have should have got tackled yeah Yeah. and somehow he avoids that and runs all the way for a touchdown so he kind of thought it was over there but kansas came back and so uh oregon again had to had to run the ball out or oklahoma Oh, sorry, Oklahoma. And there were uh, there were three minutes left this time, up by five, and, and they went for it, fourth and one at midfield. And Kennedy Brooks, I was almost going to say C.J. Verdell, just stay on the Oregon train, but Kennedy <laughs> Brooks gets stuffed, and Caleb Williams grabs it from him and <laughs> runs for the first down, which it's when you think about it, it's not that crazy of a thing to do, especially yeah. in desperation, but I don't remember ever seeing that, a play yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I, me neither. I didn't know if whether it was legal, but I guess since it was behind the line of scrimmage, it was. And oh, you got the win. Yeah, that was no. I was. I think everybody except for OU fans was like, "Go Kansas!" Yeah. Well, <laughs> since I'm already got to go bleep yours out, I literally said, "Holy shit!" As I was watching that play, like I just yelled <laughs> it. Sarah's like, "What's going on?" Yeah. That. All <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Next one, we got. Um, I'm just going to kind of touch on. It's not really a, a takeaway. I'm more so as just the Ohio State Oregon kind of dilemma. I feel like this is kind of a, a topic okay. that gets brought up in in you know. I'm jumping future here, but like I no, want to bring it up. I, I like this. I like this discussion. Yeah. I have strong yeah. feelings, so I want to hear what you yeah. have to say. So Ohio State, they whooped Indiana 54 to seven. But let's just talk about it. So they both have one loss. Oregon, of course, beat Ohio State, um, and then Oregon lost to. Um, who they lose to again? Um, Oregon lost to uh, Fresno's or to uh, Stanford. 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 There it is. Yeah, yeah Stanford. Stanford. There you <laughs> <God>. go. Okay. <laughs> we like college football. There. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one who's bringing it up too. Um, right. So they will both have one loss. Ohio State's is to Oregon, the head-to-head matchup. But let's say they pretend we play it out. They both go undefeated, or they both win out, and so you have two 12 and one teams won their conference. You know, I would. There's a lot of people out there that think, oh, you have to take Oregon automatically because they beat Ohio State. But I just, you can't, 
you know, I disagree with that. You can't look head at just the head to head. Look at the whole body of work. It's not like a one game thing here. You're looking at the whole country. So look at the whole body of work. Oregon barely scooting by. Their schedule's weaker. But if you go to Ohio State, they're playing a stronger schedule, more top teams in the Big Ten. And they're just looking much better lately. They're clearly an improved team, so it looks like. So if they continue that trend, like the, the, the close games for Oregon, the domination from Ohio State, they both are 12-1. and I don't think there's any doubt in my mind the, the committee would go with Ohio State. I feel very strongly about that too, yeah. Because and I think they've said before, at least someone on the committee has said before, we'll use head-to-head sort of as a tiebreaker if it's close, which right. I, I kind of agree with that. Because look at the two resumes. If you say, you know, uh, Ohio State's 12 and 1 or whatever it is is you know this good and Oregon's 12 and 1 is this good if if one of them is better go with that like if if Ohio State's resume is better just because you're already grieved, giving Oregon, Oregon credit yeah. for beating them in their resume that like that's part of their resume yeah. but it doesn't just trump the other 11 games on the schedule exactly you you could just replace the Oregon loss Ohio State's Oregon loss with a team similar to them you know like right. that's just the same value but just pretend it's not Oregon. You got to put blinders on the teams and just look at the overall and boom. So yeah, it's so. it's interesting. And, you know, uh, I really do feel strongly like you, I guess, that the Buckeyes would in that scenario deserve it more, much more. Yeah, because they're going to, they would have to beat, we're not talking right now, we're talking if in a world they beat Michigan, 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 Michigan State, State, Penn State this weekend. Iowa again, maybe. Maybe Iowa in the Big Ten title. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's hard to say. We'll see how it happens and how they do it. But I, I agree. They would have a much better resume. So I don't think the head-to-head should come into play um, yep. as that that kind of tiebreaker. Uh, but anyway, let us know if you disagree. Uh, you can yeah. uh, tweet Ryan. Sure tell him he's will, an idiot. <laughs> Maybe they <laughs> will. But fan, it'd be a hard pill to swallow if you're if a duck. But if I was a Duck fan, I would think the same way. I really would. Like If, if, you're if this happened a to USC. One. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Because USC, we were undefeated <laughs> last year, right? For like much of the season yeah. you didn't hear me arguing for yeah. us to be ranked high or anything because we we weren't very good we were skating mm. by against not great teams anyway uh so there's a couple coaches that are in trouble uh one of them is the head coach of virginia tech justin fuente so they went down to syracuse uh the orange scored two touchdowns in the final two and a half minutes to get that win so at this point i would be shocked if if fuente survives they're, yeah they're yeah. three and four he, he needs a miracle there so you know, we'll have a nice YouTube episode, I'm sure, later this season talking about the Virginia Tech uh, head we coaching candidates. Now. We should record it in advance. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech, their head coach apparently is in even more trouble than I thought when I was preparing for this podcast because he has now actually been fired. Um, so they are, they're five and three, two and three in conference, which, of course, isn't that bad. Um, he's toughest games remaining but still like that's yeah weird. they they have four very tough games remaining so it was kind of going to be you know six and six ish at best but uh yeah but you thought before the year that would have been acceptable you know to like keep, if he won k-state like if they won this past week they'd be six how, and two how there's no way they could have fired him at six i, two, right? I kind of agree right you couldn't have fired like, him come on like but uh but here's the thing like he's 13 and 17 in two and a half years there um which is is not great of course like that's it's not he's he hasn't done a good job um and he right. just had no equity built up like the fans were not thrilled with him to begin with they seem to pretty unanimously not like him not want him which just it makes it hard so i don't blame the administration for for firing him and texas tech fans let us know your arguments because there are a lot of people out there saying does texas tech really think they're 
you know, who do they think they are firing a coach yeah. after he's five and three? But I'd like to hear from, uh, you know, from Red Raider fans. But it's also, you know, he struggled a little bit the first couple of years. They're not exactly recruiting. And what they didn't have any like big wins this year. I mean, you know, they beat like some some of the weakest teams in the Big 12. You right. Know, their best win, they did beat Houston, which, but like, if that's your calling card, like, come on, you know, so. And here's the thing. Not like he went out and beat OU. They're not like five and three with a win over Oklahoma or something. Right. And here's the thing. I think they're going to upgrade at head coach. The the Like the two top candidates are Sonny Dykes at SMU and Jeff Trailer from UTSA. I would rather have both of those guys. So if they can get one of them, then I think you head into next year feeling a lot better as a fan. So I, uh, from that perspective, I think it's a good move. Yep. I, uh, I agree with you there. Uh, and by the way, did we ever mention his name? Matt Wells? Getting, I don't recall. <laughs> I, I don't know myself if I did. I it. might not have. Yeah. yeah. Matt Wells is, is the name. Matt Wells is gone. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Matt Wells. Um, all right. Moving on to my last one here. Uh, I'm going to give some love to the little guys here. A couple in particular. My first is San Diego State. They are now 7-0. and after beating Air Force 20-14 to on the road. And Air Force, that's a good team, so that's a very good win for the Aztecs. Um, they now host Fresno in a huge West Division game uh, in the Mountain West, so that'll kind of maybe decide that uh, that division. Um, and the other team I got is uh, Texas San Antonio. You just mentioned their coach, Jeff Trailer. They dominated Louisiana Tech to get to 8-0, so just a remarkable year for Texas San Antonio. Um, and they have a bye this week, but the week after... They go to UTEP, who is a surprise team themselves. They're six and one, I believe. So that's a huge game in the West Division of the Conference USA. So I'm looking forward to that one. And it's just kind of nuts that that's maybe the game of the year in that conference. Yep. And Wake Forest also stays undefeated. Yeah. They not really a little guy, but you know, no, yeah, that's true. But little of the power than, five, they are yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, they it was a shootout against Army, which is that all, game which was is, crazy. Yeah, that is a lot of like, points. They just scored literally like every time they touched the ball, like fast. Yeah. They scored 70 points. And I think it was like, did they have the ball for like 17 minutes? I think I saw the time of possession. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I did see that. That <laughs> was like, wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little guy in the Heisman race is now one of the front runners, Kenny Pickett for Heisman. Let's get that uh, yeah. campaign going if it hasn't already. He is now the fourth favorite that every betting website I've looked at uh, after beating Clemson solid performance against a good defense. He's now at 23 touchdowns, one interception on the season. And Pitt is the clear favorite, you know, betting wise to, to win the ACC. Um, and I just, I feel like Kenny Pickett winning the Heisman would be the craziest winner in our lifetime because there's been guys that have, that have come from out of nowhere, but I think that's less weird coming out of nowhere than it is, a guy who's he's been there like Kenny Pickett has yeah, been in our lives years. for three years a little over that yeah. and has been mediocre at best as far as statistically like that's just yeah. not debatable he's been not good statistically 13 touchdowns nine picks like the last two years I think both years yeah. right something like that and yeah. now suddenly he's a Heisman contender it's crazy but it's awesome yeah. I'm cheering I for mean, him I hope he wins that would be really yeah cool. that'll be fun you know, see somebody else from a school that doesn't usually win I mean they've got they've had a, some winners but like Oof, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I guess that's it, right? Okay. Oh, that's all. I thought you had something there. You really <laughs> seemed like you were taking a deep breath and ready to go. Like... All right. Well, let's get to our segment. Uh, and it comes from, uh, we've got a, a mailbag question from Mitchell. And he says, I'm a huge fan. I've only been listening since this off season, but I think you bros are the least biased and most fun to work with or to, to work with, to listen to <laughs> when talking about college football. 
Thank you very much, Mitchell. Uh, here yeah. are my questions. What would need to happen the rest of the season for a two-loss school to make the playoff? And could a non-SEC school with two losses ever fit in this scenario? Thanks for making my Wednesday commute the best of the week. So, Ryan, before you, you go there, and by the way, thank you again, Mitchell. That was a great email. Yeah. Um, we're going to let Trey go first for this one. Trey, we'll bring you back in and give you a chance here because yeah. I know you can do better than that. Like, who, yeah. What do you Redeem think, Trey? Is, is there a scenario? <laughs> oh, all right. Wow. I, I can't. Trey. I, like, this is unbelievable, like, Trey. You teed him up perfectly, too. I know. I'm putting him on mute right now. I'm sorry about yeah. that. This was supposed to be a professional podcast. Mm. Uh, I guess I'll take that one. Okay, Mike. thanks, Ryan. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, again, great review there. Great email. Thank you. Um, but so I'll, I'll go with this. This snowballs. You know, like it's really you got to look into the scenarios. Yeah. It's fun to do. I enjoy doing it. But, um, anyways, I'm gonna start with Bama because they're the most likely team in the country to get in with two losses. I think. Okay. Um. At least somewhat realistically, Georgia would, you know, they're two losses late in there. Anyways, that ain't happening. We're going to Georgia, uh, Alabama. So they make it to the SEC title game. Of course, they'd have to win out, win out and then they would lose to Georgia in that uh, SEC title game. Um, so the things that would have to happen otherwise, Cincy would have to lose. Um, I don't think a two loss Bama would get in over undefeated Cincy. Agreed. So Cincy loses. If they, Cincy has one loss, they're gone. Um, I believe if OU has one loss, a two-loss Bama would get in over a one-loss Oklahoma, I believe. It'd be close, but Ooh. I believe so. Ooh. I, It'd be close. That is close, because it would be a one-loss. We're presuming a one-loss Big 12 champ, OU. Yes. It might depend. On, yeah. Uh, It'd be close. I think I lean towards OU, but but hard to say. Okay. Because they, they, okay, OU's got to have, they're going to be, if they're to do this, well, they would lose one of them, but that's true. they, they have to beat, beat like Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Iowa State. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So let's say they don't win it, then maybe. Okay. It's possible that they don't. But, um, which is certainly, I mean, they're probably less than a 50, 50 chance at this point. OU to win the conference. Iowa State, Oakland. It's close. Right. It's close. I'll pull up what ESPN's FPI has right now. Not that they're the definitive oh, I love source. FPI. <clears throat> yes. Uh, all right. And so anyways, that is not an un a crazy scenario if somebody else other than OU wins that the Pac-12 or the Big 12 um, and then one more loss from Oregon would of course that would eliminate them um, so the, so in that scenario where Oklahoma doesn't win the Pac-12 would be out the Big 12 would have a very hard time being in um, since he's out so that you know you know Georgia would be in Big 10 champ I think is pretty much almost assuredly going to get in they're going to get one Big 10's going to get one yeah likely um you know, you know, then Alabama could be the wild card. Then maybe o, one loss OU and Alabama actually get in in that scenario both. You know, because you have Georgia and the Big Ten champ, and then who else? Right. Pitt, one loss, or maybe an 11 and one Ole Miss. Huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? they're not out of it either. That's an interesting one. What if there was one? three SEC teams? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we need some chaos, but I'm sure there's there's a permutation undefeated that could happen. Wake. Undefeated Wake. Oh, yeah. Well, if they go undefeated, they're in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's it's it's not that crazy it's not course, that crazy okay us. so you kind of covered yeah. the sec scenario you got alabama in there um yeah i'll answer kind of both of his questions with 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 a scenario where a, a non-sec two loss champ could get in because i think the big 10 has a yeah. decent shot of that happening um so here's here's my scenario so acc and pac-12 each have two plus loss champs which is not a crazy scenario that could easily happen um so let's say they eliminate themselves 
let's say Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Notre Dame each lose a game. So that leaves four. We've got four slots, of course, and it's going to come from the three remaining Power Five conferences. So someone's got to get two. So let's say we have SEC champ Georgia's in, Big 12 champ OU. By the way, I just looked it up. 54% according to uh, oof, FBI. Oof. So it's debatable. Uh, and then let's say Ohio State loses to Penn State and then wins out. So they'd be a two-loss Big Ten champ, only losses to Oregon and Penn State. They'd have wins over Michigan State, Michigan, maybe Iowa. I think in this scenario, they would be in, I think, because I'm not even sure who the fourth team would be. Like, would it be a yeah. a two-loss SEC champ Bama? Like, in, in your scenario, yeah. would it be a, a two-loss ACC or Pac-12 champ? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Ohio State's in. Would they get in over like a one-loss ACC like Pitt would if Pitt wins out would they get in over that because that was a, Pitt beaten they lost to Western Michigan that's a great question I think I think Ohio State would be in I think you might be one. right there they would have beaten no I don't think they'll beat anybody that is going to be in the ranked like you know finish ranked I mean NC State ish maybe I don't know if they play them but like you know they might both be in though but yeah but I love I I do yeah. love I, it's it is very convoluted to think about scenarios yeah even this deep into the season but it is fun to talk about them the deeper you go the much wider and you know it gets like okay this is what what am i thinking again yeah exactly yeah so hopefully people were able to follow that but that was kind of what i was going to go to with with two is you know the big 10 could do it yeah it's certainly and not just just this year it could be obviously future years those two conferences i have a hard time believing acc could do it and pac-12 could do it um in future years i mean it would have yeah. to be two undefeated teams from those conferences and they look really really good and they're just a great conference title game but it seemed that you know this could be the most interesting year um in terms of playoff debates i mean we'll see what happens yeah but it's it's gonna be because ohio state is i know they look dominant and everything but they are likely or at least 50 50 to lose one more game like at some point right. they're they're not you know it's not like a 70 percent chance of winning out i don't think that's the odds so there's yeah it's it's going to be interesting uh like maybe it, we're going to yeah. be t- thinking about a one loss michigan let's say michigan's only losses to ohio state but they don't make the big yes. 10 title are they in like debates like that are, are going to be fun kind of like the colorado nebraska 2001 where it's yeah it's, that's tough it's um it, i got like a whole body of work you know what's also tough about it is this this mystical or uh conference championship being rewarded like how much are we supposed to reward that like how many yeah. points do we give them it's just it does, there's yeah, no exactly there's really it's no game. it's another game yeah but but we're supposed to reward it but how much it's it's it's, yeah. it's hard to say anyway uh let's move on to our week nine picks here we'll start with michigan favored four and a half at michigan state this game's going to be awesome game day yeah uh, is going to be in uh east lansing so what do you think ryan even though it's a big noon game on fox true um yeah this is interesting i mean i'm, I'm very looking forward to it. crazy that they're both undefeated awesome um you know for per my personal opinion i just don't see michigan being a touchdown favorite or a touchdown better um on a neutral field like the spread suggests uh in this one i think these teams are closer than that um you know they've played a couple of similar opponents so far and the scores if you just look at those games you know you would actually it would actually lead you to believe michigan state might be a touch better um but then you throw in the fact that the game is being played in east lansing which will be just an unreal environment and michigan state's 
they've done well against Michigan lately. They've won nine of the last 13. It's not like this is some, you know, thing that Michigan's dominating at all. It's the other way around. So they won last year. Um, I don't know. I'm just not seeing a distinct advantage. It's not like Michigan's offense is light. Cade McNamara's thrown five touchdowns all year. So I don't know. What am I, what am I pointing to to Michigan that says that they're so much better? More than, you know, a touchdown better. I just don't see it. So taking Sparty, going to make them my lock. All right. I, I like that pick because I agree with you. I, I like you. I think Michigan's better, but just not this much better. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that Michigan State's coming off of a bye uh, to just get healthy and really prepare for this game. Of course, they're going to and game day. The atmosphere is going to be incredible there. So awesome. that can only help. And Michigan State, really good defense. The offense, unlike I think previous years, has the potential for really explosive plays with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, the two receivers. Um, yeah, and I just I don't trust Cade McNamara to to win by margin on the road against a really good team. Uh, so yep, yeah, give me the points. Yep, same thinking here. All right, moving on to another Big Ten matchup, a little different scenario, but we got Iowa is going on the road uh, and playing Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is favored three and a half. What do you think here, Mike? Well, I think this game is going to be ugly um so <laughs> lowest total ever or, yeah well, this year two of the best defenses in the country two of the worst offenses in the power five um i mean last week wisconsin was able to run the ball uh, effectively against purdue and put up some points but that's purdue you know that's it's yeah. not the iowa defense and you know graham mertz only had to throw eight passes last week they were kind of able to <laughs> hide him so i don't think they're gonna be able to do that this week it's right not even a triple option team no uh so my inclination in, in games like this and low, very low scoring game, ugly, I like to take the points. And the yeah. over-under is 36 yeah. and a half, which yeah. is crazy. The, the lowest I was able to find in like a quick Google search was, I think, Missouri Vanderbilt, maybe 35 uh, in like 2015, something like when? that. So uh, yeah, uh-huh. anyway, I'm taking Iowa with the points. Yeah, same same line of thinking here. And like you said, Wisconsin did have a good rushing attack against Purdue, but Purdue also had just come off a tough win at Iowa the week before. And Iowa, I'm sure, you know, playing those teams back to back, two tough physical teams like that, it's tough, and it it it, it does wear on you. Um, so I think that actually helped Wisconsin last week at Purdue. So anywho, I, I agree with you. I think Iowa is gonna they're both gonna shut each other down. Um, and I just I don't know why would I give up more than three and a half points yeah. when it's just like it's a dog fight man yeah. i don't know if it's if this score is 20 to 17 i you know i'd yeah. rather be holding it's, a plus three and a half yeah the three and a half is a big the you know the half point there is that's a big uh that's a big advantage mm-hmm. all right next game texas at baylor baylor is favored three yeah another uh close matchup here we got a lot of close point spreads um like those um i'm gonna lean here with with baylor um they're coming off a nice win uh, against a good byu team uh, gary bohannon is playing really well uh, abram smith is running the ball really well and they got a tough defense um they give up like 100 yards less per game than texas does defensively so it's pretty big advantage there and on offense they actually average a little more uh, than texas does so you know they got a good offense they have a good defense i just think they're the slightly better team so you know i'll give the points with baylor at home we are in agreement on all these so far yeah this this yeah. one was a tough one to pick but yeah i just think baylor is maybe a bit more of a complete team this year on on both sides of the ball yeah. they've got the the good defense and number one in success rate and rushing success rate defensively so maybe they can somewhat contain b john robinson um and bohannon's been 
as good, if not better, than than Casey Thompson statistically. So give me the Bears as well. Wonder what he, you know, if he should have been in playing a little over Charlie Brewer. Uh, yeah, a little sooner. Charlie Brewer has been know? able to. His backups have <laughs> yeah, have done, done pretty, pretty well, well since yeah. he's left yeah. uh, at Baylor and Utah. <laughs> uh, all right, he used to be my boy. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Georgia and Florida. Uh, Georgia's favored fourteen. This one's obviously in Jacksonville. Uh, pretty big spread for that game, Michael. What do you think? Well, first off, also credit to Jeff Grimes uh, at at Baylor, the the new offensive yes, coordinator. No doubt about it. But anyway. Uh, so I, Dan Mullen has generally done a pretty good job of scheming in, in big games and making them not getting the wins yet necessarily, but making them closer right. than than you'd think. And I know Georgia's defense is a different animal, but still, I think he'll have more success against Georgia than any other uh, Georgia opponent so far, especially given he has two weeks to prepare here. So I'm thinking we'll see a ton of Anthony Richards in this game. He's He has said that, no, you know, we're going to do the same thing, kind of splitting reps there. But I don't know. This feels like the time to really unleash him. I think his explosiveness yeah. and athleticism would kind of be big in this game. Um, and I, obviously, Georgia is the much better team, both sides the ball. So I'll take them to win, but Florida to cover. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, we're going to first disagreement here. I, I'm going to go with Georgia. I just don't like what I've seen from Florida. I just don't think, yes, Dan Mullen has done a good job in the past, but I think his teams have been better in the past. I just don't think this is as good as a team. His defense just got whooped um, well, by LSU. They gave up a ton of running, rushing yards to them. Um, and I was, you know, I just, how's Georgia going to handle it? Georgia should be going to run right down, I think, Florida's throat. How are they going to stop it? Um, it's not like Georgia just can't pass either. They're pretty darn good too. So, and with Florida not having a great passing attack, I think just think Georgia's just too much better on both sides of the ball for only a two touchdown spread. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia. Okay. And by the way, JT Daniels has been practicing and is apparently somewhat healthy, but Kirby is not committing to him as the starter. Certainly not this week and even not beyond that so we'll yeah we'll see what happens there it doesn't matter to who's playing qb for me right now stetson ben has stepped in and done pretty darn well he's done well all right next game another sec game ole miss at auburn auburn is favored two and a half yeah i I love these close ones uh so the spread what is suggesting that these teams are pretty much even um it's obviously pretty close but i just think ole miss is a slightly better team here than auburn um the offense is far more explosive than auburn's um and this year uh corral doesn't turn the ball over uh just one oh, pick you just on the wait entire- he, there's a six interception game in him <laughs> he's just waiting for it <laughs> this might be the one hey no but just one pick the entire year i mean you know he would do that i mean he had like what six in a couple games last year um yeah so anyways and uh, yes i think auburn's d is is better than Ole misses but i don't think it makes up for the other side of the ball um Ole Miss is I think Lane's done a great job with them I think they're the better team give me them I 100% agree I really don't have anything to add to add to that but um I will say separate from this game there's the potential for a Nick Rolovich situation at Auburn with with Brian Harson. he's right. declined to state whether he's vaccinated and there's a, a mandate at Auburn with a deadline of I believe early December so you know, who knows? Maybe nothing will come from this. Maybe he is vaccinated Hopefully. or whatever, but just something to look out for. Yeah, I hope he's, you know, I just, I hope it doesn't turn into a Rolo situation. I agree. Where he's not the coach anymore, right? Um, all right. 
Moving on here to our next game. We got SMU at Houston. We're talking about a G5 game. I like it. This game's a pick. Uh, so what do you think? Yeah, you got to love right? this, Ryan. This spread could not get any closer. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> the winner of this game is is a huge favorite to get into the AAC title, especially if it's Houston, because Houston does not have to face Cincinnati in the regular season. So they would be sitting really pretty. Um, but I like... And there's no divisions, right? They're just yeah, doing straight... Exactly. Just the two top two teams. Top two teams. Um, I, I like SMU here they've they've had a couple extra days to get ready for this game they had a thursday game whereas houston ended up having a very late night uh saturday night game with the the delays yeah just a little advantage there and it's going to be strength versus strength here smu's offense against houston's defense and i guess i just trust smu's offense a bit more tanner mordecai has had a great year i think the depth of receiving targets and skill talent is is going to be too much for houston uh so i like smu here and I'm going to make them my lock. Wow. And a pick them. Did Trey do that last week? Or yeah, something? he did. How did Trey? How did that one work out for you? Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, my. Oh, see that? Not that well. That, huh? that was a not wet well. one. It sounded like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a shark. Yeah. <laughs> can, um. I, can I leave that in? I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I'm not going to bleep that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm taking Houston. Um, it's because of the defense. I think they're really good. Um, in particular, that defensive line uh, led by Derek Parrish. The defensive line for Houston has 22 sacks this year. So if, if you're and if you're getting three more than three sacks a game just from your D line, you got a pretty darn good pass rush. And I think that could give Tanner Morta guy some trouble, who's only had two sacks on the year. So. He's not, he's not used to pressure. Um, <laughs> I, you know. I remember when we were talking about how uh, someone in the Discord brought up, Braden, one of our patrons, brought up that there was only two teams at this time that had no not given up a sack, and it was somebody else and SMU. Yeah, SMU. yeah it was a couple weeks ago. Which yeah. was surprising. And then SMU proceeded to very first sack, I think it was like a sack fumble for a touchdown, <laughs> given up by Mordecai. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's, yeah, it's just tw- two in the entire year. So uh, I just don't think, they haven't played a good schedule. Their schedule's been pretty, overall, it's been relatively weak. And I think Houston is different. They're, they got some talent. So, and Clayton Toon and that Houston offense, I think they're bad. They got, you know, that's a pretty solid offense. So um, I think they're going to, SMU might struggle to stop Houston. All right. You know, I don't, I don't really feel great about that lock right now. But I just this was a tough week for me. Not that when it's a good week they win or anything, but yeah, I just couldn't. There wasn't one that really jumped out to me. But yeah, all right, we'll go Penn State at Ohio State as our final game here. Buckeyes are favored eighteen and a half. Yeah, yep, um, that is a lot. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna and I'm gonna take those points. I'll take eighteen and a half. Thank you. Um, I still think Penn State is a solid team. Um, you know, maybe whether they were looking ahead to this week. Or they just flat out didn't play well against Illinois. Um, I'm thinking they bounce back. Um, they tend to play Ohio State tough. They do have a track record of kind of hanging in with the Buckeyes. Um, you know, and I know C.J. Stroud and Ohio State have looked a lot better recent weeks. They have played Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and a struggling Indiana team. So teams that not 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 the strongest slate. So if they if C.J. Stroud lights up penn state and they whoop them i'm like okay well i'm a huge believer but i do want to see this kind of rejuvenated ohio state team do it against a a pretty solid team in in penn state so i'll take 18 and a half right now man we are just 
thinking exactly the same because I've Oof. got some little bullet Oof. points here, things I want to bring up for for a lot of these games. You hit every bullet point. I'm stealing them. You just <laughs> you just knocked them all down. I'm like, all right, I guess I can't hey. say anything. But this will be because I I do like Ohio State. I've said for you know yes. since early in the season that I think they're the third best team. And now I might even have them as the second best team, but but either way, they're they're in that group. But maybe we're that schedule is giving us a little bit of an inflated view. Like let's see yeah. it, let's have them prove it against a, a good defense. I know it didn't play well last week, but it's still a good defense. This will be the best secondary that Stroud has faced by far. So let's let's see. Um, and plus, I'm yeah. getting 18 and a half points, so they <laughs> they could still. Yeah. Yeah, that's a win comfortably, and I could I could get a cover, so I'm I'm going Penn State as well. Uh, yep. But let's right. uh, get to our honorable mentions, Ryan. All righty, okay. My first game is UCLA at Utah. Utah's favorite six and a half. Um, Utah dropped their first conference game last week at Oregon State, but but they still control their own destiny in the South. Um, UCLA, um, they're still in the running, but they absolutely need to win this game. Uh, the Pac-12 this year, it seems so open and so competitive. But um, with UCLA quarterback DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, questionable for this game. I'm going to roll with the Utes by a touchdown at home. My next game, UNC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favorite three and a half. Hard to get a read on North Carolina this year. One week they destroy Duke, then the next they get destroyed by Florida State. They've just been really up and down. They and North Carolina's only played one road game all year, and it's the very first one of the uh, the first game of the year, and they lost to Virginia Tech. So, unproven on the road, inconsistent. I'll take Notre Dame at home. Oregon State is a one and a half point favorite at Cal. You might be wondering why are we even mentioning this game? Well, it's because the Beavers are actually control their own destiny in the North. They're sitting at three and one in the conference. Um, you know, but with this tight of a point spread, I'm going to take the team. That seems to know how to pull out wins, and that's not Cal. So give me the Beavers. Uh, my last game, I got Miami at Pitt. Pitt is favored nine. So my, we kind of mentioned Pitt is six and one. Only loss was that three-point loss to Western Michigan. But imagine if they had pulled that game out where they'd be right now, right? Legit playoff hopes. Uh, but for this game, I'm actually going to take the Canes. They, they had a nice win against NC State, who had been playing well. Um, QB Tyler Van Dyke actually had a really good game. Uh, so maybe they're starting to kind of turn things around and had a few good results released recently. So I'll take the Canes. All right. I got Fresno State at San Diego State as Tech's favored one. Going with the homer pick here, the hometown San Diego State. Um, Fresno State's rushing success rate allowed is, is pretty average this year. So that's what, always what I look for when breaking down San Diego State because they can't throw the ball, but maybe they can run the ball uh, a little bit against Fresno. So picking the Aztecs to remain undefeated. And we got Virginia at BYU. BYU favored two and a half. Virginia kind of quietly is is six and two. Brennan Armstrong having a, a huge year uh, statistically leads the nation in passing yards. And the big story here is this is the return home for Brent Bronco Mendenhall. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think both defenses are, are going to struggle uh, against these you know, potent offenses can't really decide who will win so i guess i'll take two and a half points with virginia louisville at nc state nc state favored seven if louisville can pull off the upset here then wake forest has a massive lead in uh, in the atlantic and i like louisville uh this year despite the the four and three record malik cunningham leads the nation in rushing touchdowns they've really only played one bad game all year it was that first game against Ole miss yeah. since then they've been very solid lost a couple close ones but 
I, I think they're they're pretty decent. I think their offense will keep it close. And then finally, Washington State at Arizona State. ASU favored 15 and a half. That's a lot of points. That's that's tough for me to give. Washington State, their first game without half the coaching staff last week against a good BYU team, hung in there, almost got the win there. So I think they can uh, do the same. Maybe not quite so close, but I think they'll make it a somewhat competitive game at ASU. I like that one. All right. Let's uh, finally close out this trayless episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, if I mean, Trey gets his act together, maybe we'll bring him back. But uh, let's close it out with a questionable finish. The Sun Belt is adding Marshall, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and James Madison. Brian, your reaction to the AAC editions last week was meh. What is your <laughs> yeah. one-word reaction to these editions? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Trey, is that Trey? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, my reaction was uh, whatevs, basically. I mean, yeah, some of them made yeah. sense, but whatevs. All right. Yep, Chip exactly. Kelly said that a missed UCLA field goal in their three-point loss against Oregon actually went through the uprights upon replay. What's a problem in the real world that it's surprising technology hasn't solved? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and take this one. Um, well, you know what? We actually kind of already solved this, but I feel like I have to bring it up. Um, the upside-down ketchup bottle, um, that was invented in 02 in O2. <laughs> so for like 170 years in that industry, they hadn't thought of that. Just flip it in the bottle upside yeah. down. The guy who the guy who invented it, Paul Brown, and he made $13 million wow, off that idea. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, what? That is pretty crazy. This one, I may have brought this up on the podcast a few years ago. I don't know, but, and it's not a huge problem, but I can't believe that it takes two hours to do laundry. Like, how have we not somehow invented some sort of machine or process that can wash and dry in like 20 minutes or half hour? I don't know. Yeah, at least, right? It's, yeah, like just get it wet, wash it. it. It's I mean, not that hard, my body scientists. Come on. <laughs> All right, last one here. Upset special. Got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going Florida State to win on the road against Clemson as a 10 point dog. They've actually put together four pretty decent performances in a row. They've got the motivation edge, you would think. Clemson, another loss to, to pay last week. It's kind of all of their hopes and dreams for the season are pretty much gone. Um, and for Florida State, Jordan Travis has been running the ball really well. And Clemson's rush defense has looked human the, the past uh, couple games yeah, against Pitt and Syracuse. They're starting so. to lose motivation. Give me the Seminoles. Alrighty, mine is Navy. They are getting 11 at Tulsa. Navy's, they're one and six, but all seven teams they've played are 500 or better. So they've had a challenging schedule. This is going to be the first game, uh, Tulsa, that is under 500. So, you know, they've been right there with SMU, Cincy, they beat UCF. They're not a bad one and six. So I think they can go ahead and shock Tulsa. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CFB Bros. We also always appreciate those who support us on patreon patreon.com slash college football bros and trey i we got to give trey one more shot here because yeah. i know he's better than this trey any uh, any closing thoughts for the listeners <laughs> 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 <laughs>
No. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not. It's just not. I'm, so not sorry. Much class, I'm right? sorry. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.